You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's the 17th day of Tavis, midweek, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. Unfortunately, we could not drop a program as usually uh, close to the beginning of the week because Harava Gain Rabbis of Gabriel Bechafer was indisposed, being Marbitz Tayr of Klau Yisrael in Irvain Yisrael, Rochester, New York. And lucky were they that they were able to be Zoha to be Nena from his or. But he has agreed, despite the difficulty of traveling till Tula de Gavra Kosha, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel is here with us. He does not want to disappoint his legion of fans that eagerly await every episode of Rizcha Daraisa. So here we are, out of Yosef, and we're going to try to make the best of this shortened week and try to milk out some ideas that will hopefully inspire and illuminate. Um, let's start, I guess, with, uh, as as we begin, Shoivavim. Let's talk a little bit about Hanhoga Shoivavim. Uh, it seems like uh, the last 30 years, Shoivavim has really taken off. I mean, I knew it when I was a kid, uh, very much by the Chassidim and the Anshei Masa. Um, you knew it in the Chassidish Shtiblach. But now, you know, it's interesting how Shoivavim has... Uh, become a pretty much a fixture, even in a, a community like Elizabeth, which calls itself a, a modern Torah community. There are special shiurim and anhogas uh, that the Rabbonim uh, start doing during Shovavim, strengthening people's knowledge in Hilchas Nida. I, I think it's an incredible thing, isn't it? How Shovavim has, uh, uh, it's like a way to give meaning to this uh, dark winter time and to really Posit self-reflection and zehirus and inyonim and mitzvahs that you know that it used to be that hador doshboy bakevoy. I've never participated in a shaving program, so I don't really know what they do. I thought a lot of it's like uh, about showing bias and stuff like that. It's not. Uh, it's not the case. Its original form it was meant to really uh, have zehirus and things that having to do with the uh, sexual nature of 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 shmirasenayim of tahara, of of really being mafki yourself from the choymer of, of, of the Eight Sahara. So I think its modern iteration uh, became dealings with men and women. In other words, whether it's refresher courses in Hilchas Nida or Shalom Bayes issues, which are maybe even, uh, you know, even more uh, essential, you know, by the Chassidim, they say, when is it that, that this occurs? When is it, in other words, when you when you're not allowed to touch your wife in any way, that's when you feel like getting violent with her, right? And when you are able, you know, not that you would want to, well, who you, says this? you, Wait, you don't want to. It's an you old. Just make this up? No, it's a bavustach sidish Let me I say don't it. Believe it. Me, oh, oh, it's a vitz. Oh, okay, it's, it's a, a vitz. Okay. But but it's but it's a truism. Ven mikan vil minished and ven mivil tor Right. In other words, okay. the Chesidah Shavitz underlied a truth that for many married couples, that the tension that was brought on by the monthly visit of, uh, of, of, of Hilchas Nida really created a tension that was also that went hand in hand with marital strife that with couples that did not reach the maturity of understanding with each other of what it meant to relate, so much of the relationship was built on physical hugging and being close that when that was removed based on halacha, 
it created tension in so many areas and led in very many very many homes to physical violence of husbands uh, on wives. Some of the issues that were brought up were the way the wife acted during her nidus. I remember there was a specific dintaira that I was part of, and I heard a term for the first time. My, my wife was weaponizing her, her, her nida status. It was like a, a, a way to, 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 to point an arrow against uh, her, her husband. And How was she weaponizing it? By, by realizing that the husband uh, had a physical desire for her, and she would claim to be in this state when she might not have been in that state. And um, it, it, it was fascinating to hear that. I'd never heard that term before, but I realized that, that this is a very complex uh, situation. Um, the, the, we know what Chazal tell us uh, that the, the Rabbi Shalom's great chokhmah in, uh, in, in giving us these halachas is to actually generate great ava every month that the woman returns to her husband, uh, Kikala, um, sort of similar to uh, Yocheved, uh, being re-fashioned uh, once again as this young, beautiful bride. And that's sort of what is supposed to be the feeling uh, in keeping Hilchas Nida. It isn't supposed to be uh, a way to uh, to push off and to frustrate people, but actually self-control and understanding. I think it all it's all part and parcel of the same thing. So I applaud the fact that uh, once again, you know, sort of like Kesidish Musogim and Kabbalistic Musogim have sort of entered into our world and we've modernized them in a way that I think that the Masaknim are probably pretty happy about. Um, uh, talking about, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about, you know, modernizing uh, uh, I, things that are from a, something we cannot say about ideas that were articulated in the mid and later part of the 20th century by Rabbi Victor Miller that seem to still have this incredible life uh, and uh, our typhus mokum once again in so many different botiknisiot and shoals all over uh, the English-speaking world. And I think especially, uh, and, and as we've said in previous uh, discussions, the, the Torah Savigdor Jr. and uh, Parshas Vayigash from a couple of weeks ago was sent to us by one of our listeners and uh, I, I sent it to you a couple of minutes ago, and I think you've had a chance to look it over. And uh, I don't know who these characters are. I, I get the sense from reading this insipid um, edition here that uh, they have created these characters. Um, uh, seemingly here, it's since it's, it's St. Louis, but the the hero, Rabbi Bromberg, um, um, there's a there's a a fellow called Sadok. And he is uh, clearly a very foolish person, um, uh, although uh, he seems to, uh, in the picture, have a hat and a beard. He's clearly a, a clownish figure. He's, he's uh, complete with some sort of uh, humorous European accent uh, that it's hard to place. Anyway, the point, though, uh, however, is that Tzadok is upset because although he's making some sort of seum on Parshas Vayigash, because he did Shnayim Mikro Vechem Targum, the mayor of St. Louis cannot show up, and he's very upset. Now, one thing here in the story is the reason the mayor gives. And here's a child, you know, reading 
uh, about the mayor not coming. And of course, a mayor has many reasons why he might have to cancel uh, showing up at a local event. And first of all, let's hear what the reason the mayor gave according to this. Okay, the reason the mayor gives is that the mayor can't come because his next door neighbor's aunt's cat died and he has to go to the funeral. So right away, the message is that although here's a seum on learning, the non-Jews who might want to show up and be happy that, that good communal activity is occurring, they'll use an excuse like the cat dying. And it's not even the neighbor's cat. It's the neighbor's aunt's cat. Okay. Um, uh, Tzadok starts crying because he wants the, the mayor to be at the seum. Um, and uh, Rabbi Bromberg says to him that when he asks him, since he learned Shnai Mikra Vecha Targum, he says, how many Jews went down to Mitzrayim? So because Tzadok is just a Targum brain, he says 600,000 based on the Targum that the, 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 somehow the 600,000 of Foshos were all contained in the original 70 people. But then Rabbi Bromberg, who is the hero of the story, said, but the Pshad is 70. And even though you're right, 70 equals 600,000, because 70, even Alpipshat, is a remez to the 70 nations. And the Torah is teaching us that each and every Jew is as important as all of the nations of the world. So don't be concerned that the mayor isn't coming to your seum. Every single Yid that will be there, including yourself, is more important than a million Mayor McGillicuddy's. And that, of course, makes Tzadok happy. And uh, again, the story becomes very inane and ridiculous. Um, our uh, our listener tells us that he is extremely outraged uh, for a child to hear this. The Tzelamil Kim of every human being. The fact that there might be something significant with mayor and, this, and, the, and the wisdom of the world he represents. And especially since he's the mayor, shouldn't there be some Hakaras Atov that we live among him and his uh, administration provides support and helps uh, the Jews live in that community? And therefore, he says that uh, he, he, he bemoans the fact that these uh, colorful uh, pieces of paper are being distributed in so many shuls. Who's giving the heksher on them? And he thanks us for doing our job. So he expects us to drop a bomb on this. I think I've already dropped the bomb by just reading how stupid it is. Do you want to add anything? Yes, I'd like to add quite a bit. Um, this is actually, a, 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 I can't believe how inane this is. It's so difficult to believe this whole stupidity of having this guy speaking um, in a in a in a in a, in a pigden, accent, in a pigden accent, sort of yes, like uh, sort of like. Besides, what... uh, so very uh, uh, interesting, ironic here, and <laughs> it's too fast. It says the the story begins. The final bell rang at Torah Prep in St. Louis, and you have here St. S. T. Period Louis. Uh, as some of our listeners may know, Lubavitchers they will not write St. Louis; they'll write. Same word, St. Paul, for that matter, they write S. Period Lewis or S. Period Paul. Uh, I think they, I, I think they probably try and even avoid saying the word if possible, but they never, they certainly don't write it Saint and don't write S. T. Period. So this is uh, their Kpeda, interesting Kpeda. Um, I guess Rabbi Miller's minions 
wrote out the S.T. Lewis. But where did they, Makatser, where are they, Makatser, where did they write, the Rosh Hashanah, not to write out the whole word, and where it says, Rabbi Bromberg drove over to University City Shul. It doesn't say University Hashanah. It says, you period, City City Shul. So, uh, the... <laughs> okay, what a diuk you've made. What a what? wonderful daikon you are. The big Is that day The Hagos right. Big Day Sheish on Torres yes. Victor Jr. So, kol chad l'vum dargadilei. are concerned about the saint and... In the uh, in the Torah, so we know they're concerned about the university. I guess what's really uh, once you're bringing that up, you wonder why is it that these whoever this uh, writer is decides to place the story outside of 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 the New York metropolitan area? Is it because he wants people all over this great country or in Canada to relate? In other words, let's make this in St. Louis someplace. What was what was the purpose anyway of having it outside of, 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 of the schmaltz of Judaism? I don't know. That's a good question. I have another question. I don't have an answer to your question, but I have another question to ask you. They actually have a picture here of Tzadok, right? And Tzadok's yeah. picture has has a has a hat with a tzaddik on it. Yeah, he sort of looks Clearly like is, he sort of looks like Agarn from F Troop. No, but it's also like Uncle Moishi. <laughs> yes, it, it it seems that un, and Uncle Moishi is so you believe this is like a subtle dig on on Uncle Moishi? It uh-huh. looks like it, right? And Uncle Moishi, of course, is a Chabad creation. Uh-huh. Right. 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 So another Right, and it could be he's this is some sort of Russian accent that he represents some sort of Russian Amaritz. But again, I, I again, you're right. I, I think you're harping on little small details. No, but they're amusing. <laughs> then, um, but, but but part of it is of course, yeah, coming to this. Not, that, that was just I'm, I'm going in order here. I'm Share, not sure. So, I'm not sure what you want with all these ridiculous details. So uh, let's go back a minute to the one on Parshas Vayishlach. Let me share my screen with you. And Gilakadi here and. He posted, uh, the, the kid posted, I love my mayor uh, uh, over his bed, a poster. Um, they says, uh, Ezra wants about Yaakov, but Hashem made a nation. He kissed him and said, but you know, whatever Victor Miller says, the kiss was a bigger problem than the bite would have been. Why is it included when the Goyim like us? Well, it's definitely a chesed from Hashem when the Goyim goes free and turn, but we need to be careful. Only in the past several hundred years when the Goyim began to start being nice to us, that's when many you didn't to stop keeping the Torah mitzvahs. 400 sure. years ago, every year was yes. chum. It's only because the Goyim started acting friendly to us that many years started, started trying to be friends with the Goyim and actually act them as well. Okay, so this here is the typical of Victor Miller uh, point that he makes about how the Enlightenment and the freedom the Jews were given was really the great Nisoyon uh-huh. for the Jewish people. And of course, he takes this to uh, an incredible level where he says we failed that test, and because we became, we started to uh, desire assimilation, and we, it, it wasn't that every yid was from, we started to be friends with them. That's why God unleashed the punishment of the Holocaust on the Jews. Yes, because- but it gets, it gets better. So Yonah has a collection of Dylan pictures. Of course, you know, he considers... Definitely putting that up instead of a picture of their Goyish mayor. But then he says that in, in Tati, Tatiana, thank you for explaining to me. I don't want to be Aesop's best, best buddy. I guess Mayor McGillicuddy went from going a nice guy to Aesop. I want to be friends with those who keep Torah instead. But after a few seconds, he added, but I guess if we live in Aesop, it'd be okay since they're the politicians are Yedin, so they're not Aesop. 
Tati looked shocked. Not Esav. Who do you think Esav was? Esav was the son of Yitzchak Aminu, the brother of Yaakov. Where it says it was the Yid who didn't keep mitzvahs. Those Jewish Hashoyim in Eretz Yisrael are even more like Esav than the Goyah Shemir Megillikani. We definitely don't want any pictures of them in our house. Right, with so the bold, definitely, definitely, definitely is all capitals and them is bolded. So obviously this is something that its relevance to uh, the events in Eretz Yisrael uh, over the last couple of weeks, I think, just speaks very strongly that the Israeli government, uh, especially those who are part of the government who aren't keeping mitzvahs, are even worse than Esav. That they are, they're even more like Esav than, than Mary McGillicuddy. Yes. Look, total- people, so people are very insecure, like the, the Avigdor Millerites, evidently they're insecure. Uh, and so they, they, or they start off insecure before they become insufferable, um, insufferably arrogant, uh, 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 can only define who they are by defining who they hate. And uh, they finding, we, since, we, um, since we hate them, that makes we are better. Right, we hate them because we hate them. Then, because we imagine them to be so low and disgusting and mean and evil, that must make us, by definition, righteous and good, good people. So, the more we hate them, the better we are. Without building any positive, right, aspects within ourselves, I, I think there's part of what's going on here. Again, I, I, I do not have familiarity with this. Um, w- w- with this rag, so to speak, this comic, I, I, I don't even think I don't even think you could give it the chashivas of calling it a weekly comic. It doesn't have the the it doesn't have the skill and the history that's behind comic books. Yeah, it's, but you know, as our correspondent has pointed out in the past, you actually know the person who puts this stuff out. Is I know. Um. Okay, so I don't know if my uh my colleague is responsible for this specifically. He and a, and a group of his friends, his co-workers, are responsible for um, the basic, I believe, the basic finding the Avigdor Miller nuggets. I don't, right, what, what I would say here about this specific one, though, is that it seems to also be a little bit uh, directed towards the Jews who have lionized Trump and other politicians. And I think that might be what's going on. What I would say here is also um, what might be, what I would do is reach out to my dear, dear friend, um, Rabbi Menachem Greenblatt, who is one of the Rabbonim in St. Louis, and have him make a makhah. In other words, stop using my city and, and my U city, as you say, University City, which is the area where the Aguda is, and stop using it as the platform for your fictional, you know, uh, uh, or Gotham City. It's one thing, but you're actually using, uh, as you say, an actual place. Um, and and oh, and when children are reading this, you know, they're almost getting uh, the sense that it's real. A child who's seven or eight or nine is beginning to read and is able to get through this. Um, he's really absorbing this this, this idea that, that that that's what's out there. So I, I think there's a mukam here for. You know, for Menachem to be Moichan Kovat of St. Louis, because we know how much, as as, as our, our correspondent pointed out, as our listener pointed out, um, how negative this is. This this not only, as you say, does it not create uh, any sort of positive midos within the people reading them, it, it really turns them into dangerous citizens, the citizens that will 
uh, eventually, despite what Victor Miller, Victor Miller was about, which was the heroes and Genevas and Xelas and being Machbet al Chutasaira on many things, but how can a child be Machbet between that when he's been uh, basically been been taught how corrupt and disgusting these uh, officials are? How can you expect them now to heed the laws and rules and 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 work together? Uh, for the benefit of the community and 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 do things that won't generate the terrible chilul Hashem that we've spoken about on these shows. So these are really planting the seeds for not only goy hating but also for um, the type of uh, terrible behaviors that end up with uh, in, in, with chilul Hashem in prison terms uh, for these. For, <laughs> that's what I think is going to happen. This, this week I've taught in the school as I teach every year at some point the Milgram experiment. The Milgram experiment as many of our listeners probably know, was the experiment in which Stanley Milgram had uh, teachers give uh, lecture shocks to learners who were not, who did not uh, give correct answers to test punishment as a form of uh, improving memory. And of course, the, the test is really to see how far the teachers would go on giving the lecture shocks because a person in a white lab coat told them it's an important experiment. And uh, the, the majority of uh, the uh, teacher subjects would go all the way to 450 volts. And uh, even though they knew that that perhaps it could kill them or already kill them by that point in the experiment. And, uh, you know, the, um, some of the, uh, one of the um, girls' classes today said, uh, you know, they, they were somewhat traumatized by it, which was, which was good. I've made for them to be traumatized. And uh, one of them said, you know, if, if somebody like our, uh, our, our principal told us to do something like this, we would probably do it, right? We would, go with the, we would assume that they know what they're saying. They, if they told us to minister electric shocks, we would minister electric shocks. And I, she said, I, how do I know who I can trust and who I can't trust? It's a good question. But the, and the application here is that uh, uh, Rabbi Victor Miller and many other people of this ilk, unfortunately, have become the uh, authority figures in the Jewish world. And if they come and they say, you have to hate Goyim, so nobody, it's, it, the person who says don't hate Goyim is the one who looks like he's a Dover Tema, the Tamula Rabin. And uh, that is a big problem because the, this the, it becomes the assumption that this drivel actually represents, when it comes from Hagon Rebbe Avigdor Miller's, that's how, like it says on the website, um, you know, the 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 the, nor, the normative and definitive position of Claudia. I can't add any more skewering of of any of these. In fact, I, I really you know uh, uh, I'd rather talk about Shlevim than this. However, um, it definitely is. If talking about Dvarim Libatola, these are definitely being Moitzi Machshavis Libatola, and uh, I would say that it's if you talk about Machshavis Zoros. These are definitely Machshav Azorais, and we should definitely work during Shavivim to to definitely eradicate these type of Hurim Royim that are unfortunately polluting Klal Yisrael. So I think I have made a very good bridge from our first entry to our second. Looking at Dhamma of the uh, the relatively new parish of um, the uh, the uh, to the parish of Rabbi Avram and Rambam. And the Torah, uh, written by a Rabbi Maimon uh, from the 
famous uh, uh, Svarty, Seattle Maimon, the Briskorov told his son-in-law, Yechiel Michal Feinstein, that since the Rishonim was Shabbat, even as a son, even as a kosher, right? And then he brings down that, in this regard, the Eidus Barpeh of Reb Nata Greenblatt, who was present when Rabbi Yechiel Michal argued with his uncle, Reb Moshe, about the Ibn Ezra. The Reb Moshe held firmly that, like the Maritamudi, because it was night that the shot against Chazal. So therefore, and the Briskorov said he was okay. So, there, so, the, so Reb Moshe was like the, was held like the Marshal, that the Ibn Ezra was not okay. And his, his nephew, Reb Yechiel Michal, said he was okay. And it was probably before the Briskorov was in front of because he wasn't yet married to the Briskorov's daughter at that point, I think. Um, uh, but um, he said that he's Mishara here, that maybe this was the reason why Rabbi Michal had a conversation with his, uh, with his, uh, with his father-in-law later on, the Briskorov later on about the Ibn Ezra. And then it says, Ubo maim ad nofesh, rabbanis osom zemizet. You know, you, you don't have a, you, you don't have a, um, a, a, a <laughs> you don't think of Reb having this vehement argument about, with Ibn Ezra, uh, about it, with, his, with his nephew about Ibn Ezra, and that the Rebetzin has come in and uh, separate In other words, Rebetzin Feinstein had to separate them. Yes. Because it was yeah. so, yeah. Look, yeah. on this note, our listeners should take a look at, of course, the Hakdama that Krinsky, Yehuda Krinsky, in his classic commentary on Ibn Ezra, where he deals with the Marshal and others, uh, the question as to how much of a Talmudist and how much he was respected. We know that he, uh, as the Briskorov knew, there were letters between Rabbeinu Tam and the Ibn Ezra, and of course, Rabbeinu Avram ben Arambam consistently quotes the Ibn Ezra as the Parsha Nagodo. Um, other, of course, but as we know from the Ramban's own Hakdoma, there's a Teichocha, uh, there's, there's a Teichocha with Ava, uh, the way uh, the the Ramban's general attitude towards him, but again, this is Kvar Doshu Bey Rabim. Uh, yeah, but, but I, I, I don't think people know that Reb Moshe had a day on this. Although maybe it's this can be connected somehow to his so the, to, Yes, that's what I was thinking right away. Yeah, but over there, it's really about the fact that not every first of all that most that's also about the fact that um, uh, he's more concerned that Kisveyad. Uh, that were not within Unzer might have been Sholta by Yodei Zores. That's what he says over there. Uh, but you're right. Behind that was Rav Moshe's probably gut instinct that not everything that issued from the Tkuf of the Rishonim uh, has to be uh, absorbed and taken in. Right. Um, as Rav Bullman said to me when I was uh, barely 17 years old, uh, they are Rishonim, but they're not part of the Misora, and therefore, and I doubt our listeners know that the Abarbanel was kicked out of Neri Soil's base Medrash. But uh, this it. is a, a, a similar idea. The Abarbanel wrote that uh, even though Chazal say was one opinion, Chazal nevertheless he uh, he cannot uh, reject the Pshat Sukim. It's clear that Rabbi did commit a sin. So Al be Medrash. The Barbanel was not allowed in the possession of Neso. He was kept under lock and key in the library. <laughs> I'll tell you another story on that end. Um, you were once a rov in a shul. Uh, that shul that you were in a rov in at one time housed the kailo. Uh, there was a kailo that was housed there that was started by Telzers, as you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, a set. They had a, a decent library, but there was a certain 
uh, set of svarim that was not in that library. Um, it was the Hamikdover from the Nitziv. Really? And and when I went over to the Rishkoil and uh, to tell him that, yeah, why don't we have one? That would be something. He said, I have a Kabbalah that we're not going to bring the Nitziv into the Bismedrish because of the way when he writes, he says, Karamban, that there are sometimes, instead of trying to bend over backwards uh, to be Mefarish al Pipshat, sometimes the Rishonim. Uh, and align them and view them in such a way. But the fact that he was so a uh, maverick-like in his interpretations, he says, that can't be. And therefore, he seemed to have a messiah from his Rabbonim and tells not to have the Hamikdover in the base metric. So That sounds very non-Telsu-like. I, 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 well, maybe tell Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, again, you could, you could end up really postling almost everything. What we so would like, instead, to, yeah. what we, what I think we're rambling over. You told me I was rambling before. I no, but we, I want to make a point now, which is finally get to it. Look right. at this: the Barbanel, you kick out of the base menus. The Hamik Dover, you kick out of the base menus. But Rabbi Avigdor Miller's Torah is spread in every base menus. Oh, now dozens that's and the, dozens of copies. Yes, yes. Finally, this. Yes, that's the point. I thought you were trying to get to. And uh, was it in Rochester too, where you were the uh, yes. Scholar residence, yes, they yes, had it there. It, Club, Club it was not. No, I didn't see it in the shul. I saw it in another place. I don't want to. Uh, um, I don't want to say where. Wasn't sure where I was, but it was another. It was in a different uh, shul that didn't have you, that didn't yeah. have you as the scholar residence. Right. But but if they would have had you, I'm sure you would have uh, you would have courageously made a macham. Uh, and I think we should all, again, it's the type of thing that I, I don't want to take Parnosa away from people in Klaugestro, but if these people have talent, although I think they need some help in terms of uh, writing, in terms of creating characters that are true to life that kids are going to like, you don't want to take Parnosa away from people, but not at, at this cost. The, uh, I would say that the people behind it, unfortunately, I will say, on on what the, what what they're really the poison uh, that they're really inserting into into. I have Shabbakorasatov to Reb Shmuel Brandman, who is Nifter today, because our tape library was where we got our start. It was the Brandman Tape Library, that was uh, funded by the Brandman family. So uh, then those tapes were our way we got our start from the Frumi Noble Nikola, yep. and he told me Yitzi slash Isaac that in the years after. We uh, we left Skokie. The tape library still remained in the base menus. And people went over to it and took out tapes. You know, it was in the back, that big closet in the back. They took out tapes and they were listening to Shurim. People didn't know us. People had no, no, no relationship with us. But they, they, we had to meet him after we left through those tapes. Yes, there was so the, that, the, the cloud that was uh, hovering over the base matters. Now there's a cloud. Of course, we can get all of our uh, shiurim and some of our inanities as well. Um, I, I have to say, Akar Satayv to Reb Shmuel, uh, that not only did he fund the tape library, uh, which you know you worked so hard on uh, disseminating and creating it. Again, it's, the material that was used there would sound like dinosaur-like for the technology of today, but he also was the most quiet and formidable uh, person to rely on for the yeshiva. Uh, if there was a issue of meeting salaries, 
or even of the Koyal Yungalite that we were both members of, of being paid, Shmuel Brandman was the number one person uh, to ensure that that would uh, take place. Um, if there was a, a, a person who I remember uh, uh, when I was able to obtain um, a sukkah, uh, when I moved into my first house, and on Erev Yom Kippur, I didn't have a sukkah. On Erev Yom Kippur, I met one of the wonderful Balabatim in Peterson Park in the mikveh, and I mentioned to him that uh, I didn't have a sukkah. And he said, well, I'm refurbishing mine. I'm building a new one. But you can have my old um, sukkah that was made uh, with aluminum and, and a fiberglass material. I said, okay, I, 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 I'll pick it up, but I'm not trying to put it together. Um, he said, well, I, I'll give you the sukkah for free. It could be your sukkah. Um, I, I called Shmuel Brandman, and Shmuel Brandman came out with his constructors crew on Erev Sukkot to build my sukkah. Because, um, again, and they were able to figure out how to put it together. I called him at the last minute. He said, I'll have somebody out there. That's that's the type of quiet, mysterious nefesh uh, for a Moisid. Uh, he was a person who uh, came from uh, Eretz Yisrael, and he made sure that that's the spirit of Avis Yisrael and Avis Eretz Yisrael was, was in, in every step that he took. Um, and uh, it, it, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people who engage in chest thumping and uh, virtue signaling. That was not... Uh, yeah, that was that was, no that was not, that was not Shmuel Brandman. Uh, in many ways, he, he hated any sort of notoriety. But we all knew that when push came to shove, it was his words his actions that meant that Jungleite were able to have a Simchas Yontif, that they were able to achieve. And uh, we all, as we said, not only did he give us, like I said, he, he gave us uh, a place to work, a place to, uh, I guess, to become the, the Nunniks that we, we, we are now, the, uh, a, 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 a place to frolic and to argue and to disagree um, and to really craft a friendship between us, which I guess uh, we owe Rizcha Daraisa or Shmuel. You should have a lichtek lichtek ganeden. Your family should be comforted. Your wonderful children. Uh, I had the schus, of course, uh, to to teach them, and uh, and they they all are wonderful. Balabatim and Bnei Teira. It's a it's a it's a schus godel. What you were able to be making batim Yisrael. We at Rizka, um, uh, don't forget. Um, so that's it, my friends. <clears throat> we wish you again as, as we go through Shoivim. We'll be back. Mitzah soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 